preach about our Heavenly Father this morning and I don't suppose there's been a Father's Day that I've been privileged to stand behind the pulpit that I didn't decide to just preach about God. I think it's the finest topic for Father's Day. It's also the finest topic for Mother's Day. There's never a wrong time to give credit where it belongs and that to our Almighty Father whom is in heaven. We recognize our fathers. We appreciate you. And just like Daniel said, we appreciate those men in the faith that have set an example for us through the years and seem like fathers to us, even though it's not blood. It's in the family of God. And it's by the blood sacrifice of Jesus. So we recognize you as well. And just like the book of Revelation says in chapter 14 and verse 13, even those who have gone on before, their works do still follow them. So a lot of men that have meant so much to us, ladies as well, and the examples that they instilled in us, the lessons that they gave to all of us, it's still speaking, it's still ringing true in the lives that we live. So it's a worthy thing to recognize one another. If you have your Bible, I would invite you please to open with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 68. And when you arrive there with me in Psalm 68, would you go down please to verse 5. We're going to read two verses together, verse 5 and verse 6. As we begin our thoughts on our sermon topic this morning, our Heavenly Father, and I entitled it, What Great Love. As we think about the Heavenly Father, we think about just that. What great love has been bestowed upon us through our eternal Father whom is in heaven. In the long, long ago, still the same. Psalm 68 and verse 5, A father for or of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in His holy habitation, in His dwelling. God setteth the solitary in families and He bringeth out those which are bound with chains but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Our intention matters. Our conduct matters. And our faithfulness to God matters. Even in the long, long ago, the nation of Israel, that was the case. But I want to emphasize to you a father for the widowed. A father for the fatherless. A judge. Someone looking over and ruling is God in His holy dwelling place or His habitation. And our families, which is the backbone of our society, in my opinion, 
I think that's one thing that makes our country so grand is we still place a premium and have an emphasis on our families and the importance of the home and teaching children in home, respecting the home, appreciating our neighbors, and trying to work together in the community. I think those are all recipes for success in our country. And we've seen that erode a little bit, but it's still prevalent. And we're very thankful for that. Where did all that originate? Why, it came from God. That's what Psalm 68 is saying in verse 5 and 6. He sets the family in order. If there is a solid nature of family, it comes through God. And we give Him the credit as such. Now, let's look at three Scriptures together, please, as we continue in our lesson about our Heavenly Father and what great love that He delivers Go with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. And let's start our reading in verse 4. And let's not just stop there. Let's go on to verse 8 after that. And then we'll go down, please, to verse 26. We'll talk about how God provides for us and how valuable and how precious you are in the sight of of the Almighty, starting in verse 4, please, of Matthew chapter 6, that thine alms, the good that you do your service, may be in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. Am I trying to get the credit? For everything that I do, do I have to have the place of recognition? And is life always about me? Not according to the Scriptures. Let your good works be done in private. Give the credit to God. Be of service to others as you have opportunity to do so. And please realize that there will be something open given unto you. And that will be a reward from God. It will be front and center and evident when we realize it's truly about Him. Go down to verse 8, please, of the same chapter. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Be ye not therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of, yes, even before you ask of Him. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. And yea, He's all-knowing. Even before we ask, He knows what to give. He still desires your communication. Now go down to verse 26, please. The value of your soul, the provision of God, how He provides is what we're highlighting in these three short verses. Let's read together, please. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26 to conclude here. Behold or take notice the fowls, the birds of the air. 
For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. But we can't stop there, can we? What's the conclusion of the matter in verse 26? Are you not much better than they? Look at how we are dressed this morning. We all have nice clothes to wear. We all have things that we want instead of things that we need. And that's okay when you keep those things in the right context and you're appreciative. There's nothing wrong with that. We have fine homes. And like Brother Shelby Roy has shared, we live in a country where we are so blessed, it's hard to lay your tongue to. If I get a little bit too hot, I walk down the hallway and press a button two times and the house becomes more to my liking. If we take a moment and pause and step back, I've often thought about Brother Shelby Roy sharing that. Digital thermostat. Now we think it's hard work to used to have to move it up top get the little thing to be where it's at. Now it displays on the screen, even lights up and tells you when the battery's going low. That's how nice we have it. Have you thanked God for the small things in life? And do you realize the Bible is right when it says how much more vague are you than they? I have a bird feeder behind the house. I'm trying to attract Orioles right now. I've got an orange one that we put sugar water in this bowl. But I haven't put the grape jelly out yet and I haven't put the orange slice for a reason. I know what that's going to attract as well. And we'll have all kinds of wasps and bees and yellow jackets. But nonetheless, God uses individuals to feed those birds. He provides. And God allows us to have jobs and to work and to have the provision that we need. And guess what? Even to have a little bit put back for a rainy day where you can have peace of mind. And oftentimes individuals use their talents to help you and we're able to work for the work that others have done. It all goes back to the Father. Now those birds will be able to eat just fine without me, but I'm providing food as well. The lesson is God provides and we have to be appreciative and we have to give thanks unto Him, even for the smallest blessings in life that we look over. I was just thinking about this. My vehicle will tell me when my tire drops below 32 pounds of pressure. And it will tell me exactly which tire so I don't have to get out and put the on the, on the little valve and see. It's just how blessed we are. Used to, when I came, I used to get out and check the tires every week and make sure they were properly inflated. We have it so good. Do we pause and stop to give thanks? We should. Go one chapter to the right, please. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. And listen to what the Bible further teaches on this topic. If you then being evil, that's me, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. 
How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good gifts or good things to them that ask Him? Do we ask? He desires your communication. You can't ask Him for things that's contrary to His will. But if it's in tune with what the Bible teaches, let your request be known unto God. Father, please help me. I'm facing uncertainties. Father, I have a new job on the horizon. Would you assist me with the interview, please? Help me to know what to say. Take this anxiety from me, please. I have sickness. Please assist me with it. Be with my family, Father. Help me to better budget what you have blessed me with. How can I give to others more so and give you the credit for it? If even we know how to take care of our own, to know their needs, what a smile that puts on our face to give a gift to a child, maybe even ours, and how precious that is to us, to see them light up and to see that light in their eyes, even more so is your heavenly Father. His willingness to bless you and reward you. And I've said this before, I want to echo it again. I just don't think oftentimes we realize how valuable we truly are in the sight of the Almighty. I say that humbly. He sent His Son to die on your behalf. That's how valuable you are in His sight. We serve a risen Savior and we serve the Good Master. And that brings illumination to our next Scripture, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 14. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 18 and verse 14. Even so it is not there's that very important word from Bible study. It is not the will of your Father which is in heaven. He has authority. He's above us. That one of these little ones should perish. There's your word. There's His will expressed. God would have none to perish but all to come to the saving knowledge of the truth. And in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18 and verse 14, that is crystal clear. It is not the will of your Father whom is in heaven for any of His little ones to perish. He wants you to be sensible. He has mercy. He is suffering long, waiting, anticipating our faithful response to His Gospel invitation made possible by His blessed Son. Think about what is recorded in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, verse 20 through 24. When the Father saw the prodigal afar off, and when He saw Him being sensible, that He had come to His senses, that He was coming home, He went to Him. 
What a beautiful picture. He went out to greet. Let's read it for ourselves at least to the end. Luke chapter 15. And starting our reading at the end of verse 20. The father saw him, had compassion, ran to him, fell on his neck, and kissed him. It is not God's will that any should perish. That doesn't mean He takes our free will from us. And that doesn't mean that we cannot be rebellious. We could. The prodigal son could have stayed out in riotous living. He could have continued to make that poor decision. But he didn't. And when he came to his senses, there was no hesitation on the part of the father. And he placed a ring on his finger, the finest of arraignment, wanted the fatty calf killed. We're going to celebrate. We're going to be overly married. For this son of mine was lost. He was dead. That's what the Bible says. But he's back. He's alive again. Are you valuable to the Heavenly Father? Even in a rebellious state, did He quit caring? I'm evil. I would not quit thinking about my son for a moment if he went out in wrongdoing. It would break my heart. <clears throat> when a child gets to a certain age, they make their decisions. We try our best to instill what is right through the years. But if one went out, I know I can't stop it. I might try. But I know ultimately as an adult I can't stop it. But I'll be concerned. I will be hoping and watching and anticipating every day. Hoping that He changed His mind. And I'm evil. God is just. He is concerned about you even if you turn your back. It is His will that you would be repentant and come back into the fold before it's everlasting too late. That's just how good of a God that you serve. There's none other like Him. No, not one. You see, He chose us and not the other way around. He elected a plan of salvation so that we could become the elect of God if we choose to follow His Gospel. But He elected to do that before the foundation of the world. In His grace and mercy and in His forbearance. I call your attention please to the Gospel of John chapter 15 and verse 16. Gospel of John chapter 15 and verse 16. That's exactly what the Bible says here. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. It means you're qualified that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father. Now notice, there's work to do. I chose you that you will go out, work, Labor, be faithful, win others, that's bearing fruit. And that whatsoever you ask of the Father 
in my name. Folks miss that. I've heard folks quote this, that you can ask God for anything and He has to give it to you as long as you ask with the right intention. Well, there is emphasis on the right intention. I appreciate that. We have to ask according to the authority of Christ. What was Jesus' example? Take this cup from me, Father. He made His wants known. I'm facing a tall task here. But if it be Thy will, we cannot lose sight of God's will. 1 John chapter 5 says, What you ask according to God's will, He hears. The Bible does not work against itself. It does not contradict in any way. We have to rightly divide. Jesus is right. If you're working for the Master, and if you're striving to bear fruit, then you're asking things of a spiritual nature. We can't just grab a verse and take it out and not read what's going on before and after. That's a part of rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Oh, but there's confidence in that, isn't there? That if we ask for spiritual help, spiritual guidance, spiritual blessings according to the will of Christ, God is going to provide it. And if we're searching and seeking to find the truth or lead someone else into the fold, God is going to assist. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, there is a direct quote from the Old Testament that is contained in the New. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 says this, And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. If you are a Christian, you are a part of the family of God. He's your heavenly Father. We can cry out to Him, Abba. It means Papa. That's really what it means. We can cry out, Father God. Jesus Christ is a brother. He's Lord. He's Savior. He's part of the family as well. He's our brother. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. You will be my sons. You will be my daughters. And I will be your heavenly Father. And that will never end. That is eternal for the ones that have responded to the promise. So we think about what Brother Robbins read in our hearing just a few moments ago. The glorious nature of God in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, that glory is given to the Father through Christ Jesus through the ages in the church. That's the glory of God. Christ's body. The bride of Christ. We are to be purifying ourselves as we are watching and waiting. Jesus has gone away. 
If it wasn't so, He would have told us. But He told us that He's went away. He didn't leave us orphaned in any way. He sent the Comforter to His disciples that became the apostles. And we have all truth recorded in the pages of Scripture. He's gone away to prepare a place where He is we may be also. So we have a task. While the groom has gone away, the bride of Christ, the church, we are to be becoming more beautiful all the time. Because we just don't know when He will come back. That was the custom of the East. That was understood. That the groom-to-be would go away to work out the dowry. Might take years. And while He was away, the bride-to-be, the daughter of the man the person was working for, be purifying and making herself all the more beautiful, waiting because tomorrow may be the day that my husband comes and I want to be as precious in his sight as I can be. Well, Jesus took that in a way. The price is already paid. Now He's gone away to prepare a place and the day and hour is unknown. But as a part of His church, we want to be as faithful as can be to show that appreciation and in preparation that He could come back at any time, even before I finish this sentence. Now, I won't be like some of those preachers that say that we have to send money and establish a temple or it can't come back until then. And in the same breath say, you better be ready to come back tonight. Well, that's con that's contradicts, doesn't it? We'll just preach the truth. Amen. This body is the temple of God. The Holy Spirit indwells the faithful Christians already established. And He can come back at any time. So we must be prepared. And if we have a decision to make toward the Heavenly Father, now is the time. There is no confidence, no hope in tomorrow. Tomorrow may never be. This hour is the hour of acceptable obedience. I leave you with this thought, please, as we bring this lesson to a close. The book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 says this. To the disciple says this. To the follower of God, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Don't be of the world. Be ye transformed and conformed not unto the world, but unto the image and the likeness of the Almighty. That sounds difficult to do. How may I do that, Brother Baker? By renewing your mind. Set your sights on things above. Where God dwells in holiness. Place His will forefront in your mind and in your life. Be self-sacrificial. That's a Christ-like attribute.
Pray according to God's will. Trust that He knows best. And share with others as you have opportunity. Do good. Don't faint. Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in time we will reap openly what we do secretly. We talked about it previous. And above all, always be willing to seek you first the church. That's the kingdom of God. And the righteousness of God. And don't give credit to yourself. Give it unto the Father of lights, of whom all rich, perfect, and good gifts do flow. Well, that's a recipe for continued success, isn't it? If we're willing to take those simple steps of faith. Thank you to our fathers. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your example. Thank you for being there for us and guiding us. And we hope that we can do the same as we continue to grow in faith and maturity as well. That someone may say about us in years to come, thank you for the example you set as well. If you are present this morning and you've never rendered faithful obedience to your Lord's invitation, please know that this is the acceptable hour. And also, please know it would be our joy to assist you in your faithful and obedient response. And that's what it is. It's a response. I believe the Scriptures and I'm willing to do what they say to the best of my ability. Come believing. Come repenting. Come willing to confess your faith in Jesus Christ before this congregation and be buried with Him in the watery grave of baptism to rise to walk in the newness of life, being born again of both the water and the Spirit so that you can see the kingdom, that your sins will be remitted and washed away, and that God would add you to His church, which is the body of Christ. And at that time, you will be gifted to be a part of the family of God. And you will have the seal of His Spirit indwelling. Just as we will sing, all things are ready. Indeed they are. Will you respond? If you've obeyed those blessed commands, you desire the prayers of Christian people on your behalf, whatever the need may be, we're willing and ready to pray with you and for you. If you have a need, please don't carry it alone. Won't you let it be known as we stand together and sing the hymn of invitation. <laughs>